Hey guys, welcome back to another Topics with Tim podcast. I am thankful that you have decided to join me today. Our story, this is the first episode of Storytime with Tim. So the name of the story is How How I Touched Greatness. All right, now it sounds, might sound a little weird, How I Touched Greatness. What does that mean? Well, I will go into that story in a little bit, and it's pretty hilarious and pretty cool. It's probably one of my most favorite moments. Kind of, it was a very awkward moment. <laughs> probably one of the most awkward, maybe not for me, but for the person involved in this moment. It was probably very awkward and very, <laughs> they were like, what the heck's going on? For me though, I was just in awe and I, I, <laughs> just, I don't know why I did what I did. It's hilarious. So now this series, obviously I'm going to you know, be telling stories from some of the things I've experienced in life, just some of the funny things that have happened, random things that have happened. And in the future, I'd love to bring other people on and just have them share stories. Just just give me your best story. Give me something that no one would know about you or, or no one would really think about you, just some crazy story. So if you're interested in being on a pod like this where you just ha- you have a story to tell, you have something where you're just, dude, this crazy thing happened to me and I need to share it, I would love to have you on to share that story. Okay, so this is a new series. Topics with Tim, story time with Tim. I'm going to give you one of my own personal stories to start out. Again, how I touched greatness. Okay, let's start off. Let's fast, not fast forward. Let's rewind back to 2013. That was a very significant year for me because I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. Because the Kings were potentially going to be moved to Seattle. Those of you who are who are fans or close friends of mine, you'll remember this time. The Kings had the Maloof owners. The Maloof owners were looking to sell. The buyers, Chris Hansen and I believe Steve Ballmer, who now owns the Clippers, they wanted to buy the Kings and they wanted to move them to Seattle because the Seattle used to have the Seattle Supersonics before that team was sold and then moved to Oklahoma City, which is now the Thunder. So they're still hurting. They still want an NBA team. There was a whole movement that went on in Seattle where they tried to keep them there, but it wasn't enough. And they were moved. So now it was happening to the Kings, the Sacramento Kings, right? And so what happened was the way I kind of got involved in this is me, my friend Tyler, and my friend Blake, the big three, the OG big three. Shout out to you guys, the big three. These are my two of my best friends from high school. Love these guys, honestly. We've been doing, I think, fantasy basketball together for 11, 12 years now in a league. We we, we love it. We talk basketball all the time. We're, we just absolutely love it. So these guys, we're big Kings fans. We like to go to Kings games. We hear about all this stuff going on where they're going to sell the team. And we're thinking, no way. You can't take the – like the Kings are our only professional sports team. The only other sports team we have are the River Cats, which is a AAA baseball team. And we're like, heck no. We want – it's it's a prestigious thing for a city to have its own its own team. And it drives a lot of business and a lot of people to the downtown areas or wherever that is located. drives up a lot of business. So – Obviously, I'm from Sacramento. I want to see Sacramento grow. And so you don't want to lose all the entertainment options because then people move elsewhere where, where they op- the, the options are. So we got involved. And so the way we got involved, we started going to games and we started decking ourselves out. We'd put ourselves in paint. We would get, make signs. We would go crazy. We would go before the game and chant outside of the arena, here we stay. We would do all sorts of chants and and just march around in our face paint. We got on the news a bunch of times. I got in the paper, I think, I made the front page of the Sacramento Bee three times for my involvement with this. So we started going to games. These these fans gave us this huge Sacramento sign. Like, picture a sign that is probably at least, gosh, 
at least 30 feet long. Maybe that's a little, maybe that's maybe about 20, 20, 20, 25 feet, this big old Sacramento sign. So we would take this sign in pregame. We would go around the whole bottom of the arena, just circling with this big sign, chanting Sacramento, here we stay and getting other people to chant. And we kind of became, I guess, a little well known in the Sacramento Kings community as the Sacramento Kings sign kids, right? So, you know, we were sort of became well known as, as a part of the force driving, hey, we want to keep the Kings here. So we kind of progressed even more. We met people through doing this that were also wanting to save the Kings, keep them in Sacramento. Uh, Mike Tavares, big shout out to him. He was really honestly the driving force. There's a lot of other people that get mentioned as people who saved the Kings, Carmichael Dave or the Here We Stay group. But honestly, Mike Tavares, shout out to him. He really drove the grassroots effort. I think he was really the guy doing the dirty work in the trenches, getting it done. So Mike Tavares got a group together. We started going to city council meetings, you know, a couple times a month whenever whenever a Kings thing was on the agenda because the council was basically deciding whether or not they were going to, you know, partially fund a new arena or even allow it. And so we would come to these city council meetings. We would we would pack the house just to show support, just to show that people wanted a professional basketball team in Sacramento. So we started doing that. We got involved. It's called Crown Downtown. That's what Mike Tavares called it we made shirts we chanted outside of city council meetings we went to games and wore crown downtown t-shirts we you know we're active on social media trying to get people realizing hey we need to save this team we need to show support and so it this got to kind of a fanatical level for me where there was actually an opportunity to go to new york city because the board of governors aka the board of nba essentially all the owners were meeting all 30 nba owners were meeting in new york to discuss whether or not they were going to allow a relocation of the Sacramento Kings. So there has to be a, a vote has to happen where all the owners are in agreement or at least a majority are in agreement that a team can be relocated. So there is some rules. Owners can't just move willy-nilly wherever they want. They do have to get approval from the rest of the owners because it affects all their business where these different teams are because there's a, a revenue sharing system involved with these teams. So all the NBA owners were going to be meeting in New York City I think in April of 2013, I'm not 100% sure on these dates, to be honest. So I thought, you know what, what the heck? You know, at the time, I don't think I had a job. I think I was working for the state, but then ended up quitting that job. And so I was at a point where I was like, hey, I don't have a job right now. I was doing a lot of, you know, going to city council and, and spending my time really supporting this cause that I that I believed in. And so I thought, you know what? What the heck, dude? Let's... I'm about to go to New York City because this is going to be sick because I'm not one of those people that typically travels just to travel. I kind of like to have a little bit more purpose in my travel. And so the, the idea of getting to go to New York City and not only support the Kings, but also to potentially, you know, meet or see NBA owners or players who would, who would be there, the opportunity to, to be a part of this movement to save the Kings. I was like, man, this is so freaking cool you know, to, to do this. And so me and a, a couple other guys, Ron Clint, shout out to him, Thomas Huddle, shout out to you guys. We decided to fly to New York City to to support, to show that Kings fans are willing to do whatever it takes to keep the team here. So we got on a red-eye flight, flew all the way to New York City. I remember I was scared out of my freaking mind I remember I got I got there so early I ended up sleeping in the in the airport for the morning because we got there at like the dead of night. 
So I was kind of freaked out. I'd never really done anything like this. And to be honestly, to be honest, I was super low on funds. I pretty much spent all my money on this on this trip. I think I even had a thing at the airport where I, I you know, I here's so here's what happened. This is kind of crazy. So I booked my flight, but accidentally booked it. I didn't check when the day was. So I showed up to the airport and they're like, dude, this is for yesterday. And I'm like, crap. So I ended up like calling friends, asking for people to like, hey, can you just give me a little bit of money so I can I can I can go? I ended up scrounging up whatever I had left and just going for it and flying out to New York City. So I didn't really have a, a penny with me. I didn't have a place where I was gonna stay. I went completely cold turkey, didn't know where I was gonna stay, didn't know what I was gonna eat, didn't really have money for much. But I was like, screw it, you know, YOLO. It's one of the probably more bold things I've I've done in my life. So I wake up from, you know, the airport <laughs> I'm sleeping in to a morning in New York City and I, and I go, okay, I'm here. I'm in New York City. I'm alone, but I know the Kings fans are coming too. So I find out where this board of governors meeting, well, I already knew, but anyway, I, I knew it was going to be at the St. Regis Hotel, which is a really popular hotel in New York. And so I, I hop on a bus and I drive down and, and, and in that, when I was in the bus there, kind of all my fear left me and I went just, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm freaking doing this right now. This is crazy. I don't have a, I don't have a place to stay. I don't, I mean, I, I'm going to be here for a couple days. I assume, I don't know what's going to happen. Like this is, and I prayed, I prayed hard. I said, Jesus, this is probably a foolish move maybe, but man, I need a place to stay tonight. Like, please, please, uh, please give me a place to stay. I kind of went on a big limb and took a big leap of faith on this trip. Cause again, I just wanted to to do something for my city that I could be proud of. So I take the bus, gets me near the St. Regis. I'm walking up and down and I'm just, I'm excited. It, my fear left me. And I just thought, this is so freaking cool. I'm in New York freaking city. And I'm about to go be the first Kings fan to show up at the St. Regis hotel where these, where all the NBA owners are going to be showing up. All the, the big top dudes are going to be there. And I'm going to be right outside in front repping my Kings gear. And I brought a couple of jerseys with me as well. I could, I could put out. So man, I'm hyped. I'm walking up. So I get to St. Regis. I set up my jerseys. I'm chilling there, you know, a f- about an hour later or so, a, a few other Kings fans, some were local to New York city joined me. So there's like two or three of us there. And, and I'm just, I'm hyped. It's early morning. I'm, I can't, can't believe I'm here. I don't know where I'm going to stay. This is freaking crazy. What am I doing here? This is awesome. Just one, one of the best times of my life, honestly, just incredible. So I'm out there and you know, owners start showing up. So typically they'd pull up in a limousine right out in front. They'd pop out and kind of go straight inside because at that point there was a ton of paparazzi all basically surrounding the entrance of this hotel because they knew all these owners were going to be there. So one by one, limo comes by, owner gets out, kind of walks straight through. I think some got in through a back way because not all of them came through that front door. So I was just seeing all these NBA owners walking through. And again, just as soon as they were walking through, I was Sacramento Kings, baby, here we stay, here we stay, let's go. Just shouting at them, trying to get their attention, trying to show them that Kings fans literally flew from California on a red-eye flight with, obviously I didn't tell them I had no money and no place to stay, but (laughs) I told them, yo, I'm here because the Kings need to stay in Sacramento, let's go. So anything I could do to, I don't know, try to sway their minds. So me and the other Kings fans out there. um, And what's so funny, I was just Googling a video of of because I was trying to look up some dates and I actually found a, a video and I'll post it in a link 
in this podcast that you can look at, but I'm actually in this, in this news video and there's a reporter from KCRA and he's right up front of the St. Regis and he's talking about the owner showing up and you can see me walking around in the background. I'm wearing like this black and red shirt with a King's hat. You can see my jerseys set up on the wall. So I'm there, I'm ready and I'm excited. I see all these owners come in. So we're going to get to that moment where I touched greatness here in a second. So I'm standing by the wall and I was very active on Twitter that day. In fact, I'll have to go back and look through all my tweets from that time. Cause I was essentially, there was a bunch of people who were responding to me on Twitter. Cause at that point I was, I was big into Twitter around that time. Cause we were kind of using that as a way to drum up support for the Kings. And so I was on Twitter, just me and the other Kings fans. And we were just trying to update everyone what's going on. We'd be like, Oh, this owner, this owner showed up. This owner just showed up. This just happened. We just saw this person. We just saw that person, you know? So a lot of people were, you know, I was posting photos. So a lot of people were responding and following and what's going on. Who's that? You know, blah, 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 blah. So I'm sitting there, I'm texting and I take a peek over to my left side, which there's a, there's the sidewalk going down the left side of the building. And I see someone. And at first I look back down at my, thing and then I do a double take because I don't think my brain registered who I just saw so I look up again now it was weird because all the owners would limousine out in front come straight through the door just to avoid any media avoid anybody and get there quick right so this person was the only owner who decided to I guess park down the street and then walk along the sidewalk for who knows how long with sort of their posse to come to the St. Regis. And that owner, my friends, was the epitome of greatness, the GOAT of the NBA forever and always. Sorry, LeBron. Michael Jordan. Yes, Michael Jordan. The man, the myth, the legend was walking straight towards me. And I stood there, stunned and frozen, really. It was a moment of panic. I thought, there's Michael Jordan. What do I do? Right? I've got to do something, right? I can't I can't let this moment pass by where I don't do anything. This is Michael Jordan. Do I do I ask for an autograph? Do I ask for a picture? Do I try to shake his hand? You know, my mind is swimming with these options. What do I do? What do I do? So I just start walking towards him. I don't know why. Brain kind of just took over. Wasn't really in control at this point. Just start walking straight straight towards him. He's got this posse walking. So he comes, he comes, walks up to me, and I just kind of turn to the side and I put my left hand around his shoulder as if I was, you know, walking with a good buddy. And I just put my hand around his shoulder and I just walked with him the rest of the way. In this awkward sort of, you know, he didn't really even look at me, he didn't really even acknowledge me. But he just kept walking and I just kept my hand on his left shoulder like a good buddy. And we just, we walked. We walked to the front of the St. Regis and then I, I let him go. And he walked in. And I thought, I just, I just, I don't know, walked with Michael Jordan for I don't know how many steps. I don't think I will ever remember. Like, why did he not? I figured he would have, I don't know been like, dude, get away from me. Or someone would have been like, Hey, hands off, hands off him. But no, he just, we just walked together like a couple of pals up to the front of the St. Regis. <laughs> still, it's still to this day. I don't know what I was thinking. It's probably the weirdest thing ever. He probably, 
I don't know if he remembers that or not, but he might be thinking, dude, that was so weird. That person just, or maybe, maybe, maybe that's common. It's probably, I'm sure he's probably used to that, but yeah, I didn't ask for an autograph didn't ask for a photo. All I wanted to do. And I'm again, love language, physical touch is very high for me. Quality time, physical touch are my two love languages. I just want, I just wanted to touch the man. I just wanted to touch him, hold him on his shoulder, walk with him, spend a little quality time. And, and he let me. So I touched greatness. I touched Michael Jordan, and we had a moment together, and it was a beautiful, beautiful moment that I will remember for the rest of my life, that I'm sure he's forgotten in the millions of fans he's interacted with over the years. But shout-out to MJ if you ever listen to this pod. That was me, and that was an incredible moment. I don't remember if I po- – I must have posted on Twitter after, like, yo, I just touched Michael Jordan. <laughs> I just touched the greatest – potentially the greatest athlete of my lifetime. So that is the story of how I touched greatness. Now I'm going to give you a little bit more because we're still only about 20 minutes into this pod. So you're probably wondering, where did you end up staying? Right? I didn't have a place to stay at this point. Right? So luckily a good, a good buddy of mine, Mr. Ron Clint, shout out to you, Ron. I, I told him, I said, Ron, I don't, I don't have a place to stay tonight. (laughs) I was planning on just going back to the airport sort of wing and just sleeping like I did the night before. He says, yo, I got a hotel. Come stay with me. I got two beds. And I thought, Ron Clint, you are a godsend, my friend. You are an answer to prayer because I prayed for a place to stay and it was answered. Ron Clint, thank you so much. He also, I think my other buddy, Thomas Huddle, also uh, stayed there as well. So the three of us stayed in this super nice hotel, New York City, for a couple of nights. We ended up going out on the town. A couple, we, made, we kind of made a trip out of it. We actually went to a a Brooklyn a Brooklyn playoff game. It was actually the first ever playoff game in that new Brooklyn stadium against the Chicago Bulls. First, it was the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. It was the first ever game in in that new Brooklyn stadium, super nice stadium. Really, really nice. Really, really cool. Very, very dark. Very, very Lakers-esque where the the court is very lit up, but everything else around is very dark. The only complaint I have about that stadium is there is no room for your feet. Ron, poor, poor Ron, I think was getting up at one point and tripped over the seats in front of him because they're just so doggone close and tumbled a couple of rows. And luckily there were some people that caught him, but he had, he had quite a spill on that one. So, but overall amazing experience. I think I'm pretty sure the the Nets able to to win that game. Incre- incredible experience at that stadium. We also went to a New York Yankees game. That stadium is just flipping massive, dude. Just huge. Can fit I think over 100,000 people. And that was an awesome experience. I don't remember who they played to be honest, but I, I just remember obviously it was cool just to be in to see a New York Yankee game. We also spent a lot of time, we walked around Madison Square Garden. Unfortunately, we're not able to go to a game there, but we spent a lot of time out there with our, you know, here, our, our signs and our jerseys, trying to represent the Sacramento Kings, show those people in New York that we care about our basketball team too, baby, and we care about our city even more. We went out and dined with a few of our friends from New York. Shout out to Jeffrey Fletcher and Matt Moore, who are sort of the New York contingency of the Save Our Kings movement. They helped organize and set up a lot of things in New York while we were there. We went out to dinner with them and had an awesome time. No, she wasn't there. 
But anyway, an incredible trip and an incredible experience. Just life-changing. Absolutely life-changing. I guess another another funny side story. I think, I think it was the night before I was going to leave. And I went to Times Square because I was just restless. I was like, I just want to walk around. So I walked around Times Square. It was midnight. I ended up finding this little Irish bar because I wanted to watch. I think the All-Star game was going on. Hopped into the bar. Got a couple hard ciders. Watched the... The all-star no, it was a Rockets game. It was a Rockets game. Met a couple guys at the bar. We just chatted basketball. A guy from Russia, some other guy. The bartender was this Boston guy with a super, super thick Boston accent who knew pretty much everything, every stat. He was he was that <laughs> that bartender from those shows and movies that has an accent and knows every stat about everything. So he's sitting there and I'm picking his brain about all sorts of stuff. He's naming off all these college players, and this player went to this college with his Boston accent. And it was, I was like, "Am I in a movie right now? I feel like I'm in a movie because this this character, this bartender, only this is a movie." So that was wild hanging out with them. He, he told me some crazy stories about different NBA guys who came there looking for stuff, and Tim Legler, who's an analyst, was in there chat. He told me all these crazy stories of all these athletes he's met who kind of found his bar. And I ended up, this Mexican couple I met ended up buying me a bunch of shots and had this great old time. And I think I, I it was like 2 a.m. and I was trying to find my way back to, me and Thomas had rented out a sort of a an Airbnb, if you will, at a place nearby in, in North, North New York-ish. So it was up, you know, 44th, 45th Street. I ended up getting lost. So I was lost at 2 a.m. in New York. I think my phone died. And I'm thinking, well, here we go again. <laughs> this is this is my life, apparently. So I don't even know how. I think I walked, paced a bunch of places, and then just I probably prayed. I don't can't remember for sure. I probably was like, Lord, please guide me here. I'm totally lost. And I ended up finally finding a path that was right. I stumbled into bed at 3 a.m. Our flight was at 10 a.m. the next morning. Woke up, hopped on the flight, flew back to, to Sacramento, and that was that. Now the relocation was not resolved they unfortunately they met and they discussed but they decided not to actually take a vote on it and so in the next story i'll be talking to you about my trip then to dallas because they actually resolved it in dallas and we in our group decided to fly out to dallas for another trip to again support the kings and again show that we wanted the kings to stay in sacramento and i Maybe on the next pod, or you know, I haven't decided yet when my next story is going to be. I have a lot of stories that have to do with sports, and I met a few different pro athletes. I've met a few different personalities, and had some some interesting experiences. I used to work for the Sacramento Kings, things like that. So I have plenty of plenty of stuff to share. Especially if you're a sports fan, you'll you'll definitely get a kick out of it. And I had a great experience. So this was just a crazy thing that I did, blew my money, didn't really have a plan, but honestly, it was one of the greatest greatest times of my life. It felt nice to to be to feel a part of something that was bigger than you, you know, the the movement to keep the king of Sacramento was bigger than me individually and I loved sort of being a cog in something that was bigger than me and that meant something to people. I know at the end of the day it's just basketball, it's just a sports team, but you know, it was for the city and it was for the pride of our city and just driving more revenue to our city and the new arena looks amazing. It's I've been to it multiple times. It's fantastic. It's a awesome basketball viewing experience i'd highly recommend it's right in the middle of downtown they built all these awesome plazas nearby with restaurants and and shops that you can walk around it's 
it's incredible. It's amazing. I love what they've done. You can walk directly into uh, Old Town Sack with all the awesome old school shops and everything there. So just a, a be- absolutely beautiful location and right where Old Sack is. So just an, an awesome area to be at when obviously things are open and and, and people are not scared. But again, that was my story. I hope you enjoyed it. I touched greatness. I feel like, you know, a little bit of Michael Jordan rubbed off on me, you know, and that's what made me the man I am today. You know, I like to think that. But I will see you guys on the next story time with Tim. I hope you enjoyed this pod. If you did, make sure to like and, well, you don't like it actually, but I keep thinking it's YouTube. Subscribe and leave a review for my podcast. I'd love to to hear your feedback. Also have a Discord channel, Topics with Tim, if you want to jump on. If you, especially if you want to be a guest, and I don't, I don't know you personally, and you want to be a guest, that's the way to contact me through Topics with Tim on Discord. But as always, guys, thank you for listening, and I will see you on the next pod.